Amen. How many blessed people are in the house of the Lord today? Aren't you glad to be in God's house? Amen. Well, I'm glad to have all of you here. Thank you for being in God's house this morning. To all of our guests, I see you. And I got to meet uh, what I think is a real fine gentleman, Mr. Husband, who is a friend to or a neighbor to Steve Bro. Mr. Husband, would you wave your hand, please? Thank you for being here today. We're honored, sir, to have you. If y'all are okay, I have something in my spirit and I just want to get right to it because it may take me just a minute. Okay, can y'all stay here just a minute? I want to talk to you what is in my spirit for this assembly and I want to talk about using your authority. Using your authority. You can be seated. If everybody's good, say amen. amen. Did you ever stop to think that salvation belongs to every sinner? I'm going to say that again. Did you stop to think that salvation belongs to every sinner? Jesus has already purchased salvation for every person who has sinned. That is the reason why that God commanded, it wasn't a suggestion, it was a command. That's the reason why that God commanded his disciples to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news that what Jesus did on the cross has reconciled every sinner to himself. Now I'm going to go a little slow this morning because I'm going to just teach. This is what's in my spirit. We as pastors and preachers and most churches, unfortunately, we don't do that. We don't do what? We don't tell the world and the sinner that they have been reconciled to God. Unfortunately, most pastors and most churches still tell people that God is mad at them and is counting up everything they have done wrong. And brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that God does not hold anything against the sinner. Now, I'm, I'm just going to be slow because I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm going to give you something to think about. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. For God was in Christ reconciling. Now, that is a... That is a term that simply means to make peace. I know it's a big word, but it, all it means is to make peace. For God was in Christ 
making peace to the world, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, who's us? Believers. This wonderful message of reconciliation. I know that when we were in junior high and high school, we heard about famous preachers and one famous preacher preached sinners in the hands of an angry God. It's a famous message. I understand what he's saying, but the fact of the matter is, yes, God was angry. And we see that anger in the Old Testament and we see him pouring out his wrath many different ways. But ladies and gentlemen, what Jesus did on the cross is he drank the cup of God's wrath. And he became the pro propitiation. That's a big word. Had to think about it. But what it means is, is he became, instead of us having to go and kill a, a goat or a, a sheep or a, or a bullock, he became the perfect lamb. And so he has drank the cup of God's wrath. And now anytime that God gets angry, he just simply looks at what Jesus has done for us. So sinners, ladies and gentlemen, according to this scripture, God is not holding their sin against them. He has made peace with man. Now here's what's sad. If the world doesn't know their sins are forgiven, then they will be lost even though their debt has already been canceled. It's going to take a minute for you to wrap your mind around this. You say, Pastor, you believe that the world's sins are already forgiven. Yes, I do. Why? Because Hebrews tells us that it was a one and done. It's the eternal sacrifice. So here's what you have to believe. If you don't believe that Jesus has taken care of all sins, then you have to believe that every time somebody sins, God, Jesus has to run back to the cross and be crucified for those sins. That's what you have to believe. If you don't believe it's a one and done, then you believe that Jesus is dying today because somebody's sinning right now. Jesus has already taken care of the sin issue. There is not a problem, ladies and gentlemen, with Christ and sin. Jesus has already taken care of that. So if we can get the world to Jesus, they can ask and receive his forgiveness. And they can receive the gift of his spirit to empower their lives. Are you in agreement with that? But here's the thing. If the world doesn't know what belongs to them, if they don't know that they are reconciled to God and God has made peace with every sinner and all they have to do is ask in faith, if they don't know it, then it won't do them any good. Are you with me? By the same token, If Christians don't know the things that belong to them, 
It won't do them any good. For example, let's say that you have $20 and somehow it got stuffed in all of your receipts and you just forgot that it was there. You didn't realize it was there. You get in a bind and you, you need some money, but you look and you don't see anything in your billfold because it's that $20 is there. You just had forgotten it's there. You don't know it's there. And then even though it is in your billfold and you're in a bind and it's there, you can't use it if you don't know about it. Does that make sense? So let me just ask you, we're just talking here this morning. How many's ever found something in your wallet or your purse that didn't realize it was there? And you're like, whoo. Thank you, Lord. I didn't even know that was there. And you thought, man, I could have used that last week because I saw a dress and I could have bought that dress. Or I needed some gas money and didn't even know I had it, but it was there all the time. Does that make sense? Okay. So I am convinced, ladies and gentlemen, I am convinced that not using our authority as Christians is probably the number one reason why many of us are not overcoming in life. See, it doesn't mean that we don't have authority. It just means we don't know it. I want you to look now at the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, Serpents bite with their heads, scorpions bite with their tails. Basically what the Lord is telling you, heads or tails, you win. Some of you are going to wake up and get that in a minute. That's what the Lord is telling you. Heads or tails, you still win. Whether he comes at you as a serpent or whether he comes at you as a scorpion. I have given you the authority to do what? To trample on serpents and scorpions and over some, a little bit, piquito, all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See, that is the authority that you have, but it's like the $20 bill that got lost in your purse. You don't realize it. And what I want to do here this morning is to is to move the curtain back and pray that God would give us revelation so that we can understand who we are in Christ. I want you now to look in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to be talking about Acts 3, 1 and 8 for just a minute. I'm going to give you the story. Here is the story. There was a lame man and he had some family and some friends that would pretty much bring him to the gate called Beautiful. He was lame. And they would bring him to this gate called Beautiful that was at the temple. And what he would do was, is he would beg or ask for money. So Peter and John are coming to the temple and they fasten their eyes upon this man, thinking that uh, this man is looking at them and thinking they're going to give him some money. And so Peter looks at him. And now I want to catch this up in verse four. And he looks at him 
and fastened his eyes on this man with his buddy John and said, look on us. So the man looks on them thinking that they're going to give him some money. And this is what Peter said. Now, silver and gold, sir, I don't have. But such as I do have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And the scripture says immediately strength came into his feet and into his ankles. And he got up and he started leaping and rejoicing and praising God. Now here is something very important. If I have your attention, say amen. Amen. I want you to get this. Notice this. Peter did not pray for the man. Did not pray for the man. He did not beg God to do it. He did not even ask God to heal him. He said, such as I have, give I thee. Now that doesn't mean, ladies and gentlemen, that Peter was the source of his healing. Now go with me to Acts 3 and 12. And when Peter saw this, he answered to the people, Hey, ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look so earnestly on us as though through our own power or our own holiness we have done this? He was letting them know, this is, this is, I'm not doing this, but Christ in me is. Does that make sense? Now, I know I'm going a little slow, but here's what I want you to get. Peter knew he didn't heal this man, but he believed that he was already healed based off of what Christ had already done for this lame man at Calvary. Now, make sure you tighten down your wig because it's fixing to blow your wig off. In the Gospels, Jesus never told us to pray for the sick. He told us in the Gospels to heal the sick. There's a big difference, believers, in praying for the sick and healing the sick. And it has to do with understanding our authority. I'm going to keep making my case. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom. What is the kingdom? God is not mad at the sinner. He has reconciled and made peace. If they will come and ask for his forgiveness, he will forgive them and fill them with his spirit. That is the good news. Preach the kingdom. And then do what? Heal the sick. Let's look now at Matthew 10. 10 and 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave unto them power against unclean spirits to 
cast them out, and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. Let's go to Matthew 10, 7. And as you go, preach, saying, here we go again, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do what? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. If we were living, uh, Jesus was living actually today, what he would tell us is to cleanse cancer. Cleanse cancer, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received. What did I freely receive? I freely received his forgiveness that he paid for, and I freely received his power, his spirit. When it came into my life, that's what I freely received. He paid it all so that I could have it all. And then he said, because you freely have received it and it didn't cost you anything, don't be stingy with it. Give it away. Tell everybody the good news. Jesus is not mad at you because of what he did on the cross. God's not mad at you. And also, he also came and his back was beaten with 39 stripes so that you could be healed. Now, I'm not going to be here to beg God to do what he's already done. I am simply going to walk in the authority that God has placed within me. Does that make sense? All right. Are you still with me? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus told us as believers to heal the sick, not pray for the sick. I'm going to rewind that. Here we go. Jesus told us to heal the sick, not pray for the sick. I know that's a radical statement. I know that's not popular Christian doctrine. I know you got to wrap your head around this. But listen, I didn't make this up. This is in your King James version of the Bible. And I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe it is precisely one of the reasons why we're not seeing more of the miraculous. Because you can't do it your way and get God's results. You got to do it God's way to get God's results. The reason why we are not seeing more happen in our midst and in our homes and in our services is because we as believers are not releasing the authority that we have in God's power. And instead, we're asking God to do what he's already done. Now, I understand that we're not the healer. God is the healer. And I agree with that totally. But I also believe that God has placed his healing power under our authority. And it is up to us as believers to release it. And if we don't release our authority, then God's power is not going to be released. Did that make sense? Now, I also think that We need to ask God to give us really a radical rethinking about this whole topic of what I'm talking on this morning. If you go to Acts chapter 5 and verse 15, do you realize Peter had, check this out, Peter had people line the streets so that if only his shadow would touch them, they would be healed. Now check this out. Here's what that means. Peter is walking the streets. He had 
People lined up in the streets that were sick. He's walking by and just his shadows healing them. In other words, he's not anointing with oil. He's not begging God to do something. He's not taking 15 minutes with every person. It's just the power of God. And he's just releasing it called the gift of faith. Now that's in your Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it takes a minute to grasp this, but if you're a good parent, if you're a good parent, you don't want your kids having to beg you for anything. I would never get joy out of Molly coming and begging me, Daddy, can I please, I beg you, can I please have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Baby, there's peanut butter and there's jelly and there's bread. Have three of them if you want it. It's my privilege and pleasure to take good care of you. If an earthly father wants to take good care of his children, how much more does your heavenly father? Do y'all have time for me this morning? I mean, as a good parent, as a good parent, and I need the yard mode. Would I ask Molly to go out there with a pair of scissors for 25 acres and say, I need my yard mode, Molly? Here's a pair of scissors, sweetheart. <laughs> have fun. If I am asking her to do a job, then as her father, I'm going to equip her with everything she needs to do that job. And I'm demented. I'm wicked. I'm demonic if I ask her to go and do a job with a pair of scissors when I could provide a large tractor. Why, ladies and gentlemen, do you think your heavenly father hasn't given you everything you need to do what he's asked you to do? Are y'all still with me? Okay. I want y'all to look at an amazing scripture. Check this out. This is in Isaiah 45 and 11. A lot of people have a problem with this scripture. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands. Command ye me. This is going to blow your wig. He, God is basically saying, command me to do what I've already done. What I've already paid for. If you know you got a thousand dollars in the bank, then you can go to that teller and say, I know it's in there. I put it in there. I deposited it myself. When you know who you are and you know what Christ has deposited in you, then you don't have to back up. You can say, I release the power of God in me to heal you in Jesus name. I'm not here as a beggar. I am here as a believer and as a son. He wants me to reign as a king and to have dominion. And he wants me to reign as a priest to represent God to this earth. And that is for everyone in this building this morning. Command ye me. What? What do I command him for? For things he's already taken care of. I don't see here's what's here's what's here's what amazes me. None of us in this room, if you're a believer, have to pray 
When someone comes down here and they say they want uh, forgiveness of sins and they want to receive the spirit of Christ, we don't say, God, is it your will? None of y'all do that. Because y'all all know it's the will of God to save. That's why he came, is to seek and to save that which was lost. But here's what we do when it comes to somebody being healed. Well, is it God's will? I can tell you already. That's what he went to the whipping post for. It is God's will to heal. The same blood that saves us is the same blood that heals us. Now, is every person in the world going to be saved? No, but it's not because God hasn't provided it. They have a choice. Now, is every person going to be healed? No. Why? There's many reasons that I can't get into, but it's not because God hasn't provided it. Now, is there a point in time for everyone to pass away? Yes. We're all appointed to, to eventually uh, pass away. But what I am saying in normal circumstances, I don't have to pray. Is it God's will to heal? I already know God wants to heal you. He's already released it. He's already paid for it. So I don't have to beg God to do what he's already done. I simply release what he deposited in me called the power of his spirit to command it to happen. Does that make sense? Okay, now, do I have a minute? Okay, it's a lot like electricity. Here's the, here's the whole example that I want to get, give to you. It's a lot like electricity. Clico generates the power, or Bulgard generates the power. Let's say you built a new house, you need power at your house. They come out, all, all you pass your electrical inspection, they give you power. You've got the power in your house. Your lights come on. Now, once your lights are on, you don't call Clico or Bullguard and say, hey, would you come out here and flip the switch? I'm going to say, okay, are all your breakers on? Yes. Do you have power? Yes. Do your lights work? Yes. But I just need you to come and flip the switch. No, we're not coming to flip the switch. We gave you what you ask of us. You got the power. Now, if you want lights, it's under your authority and it's under your command. If you want living room lights, get up and go flip the switch and turn them on. It's under your command. See, we don't believe this. And reason why is because we're not acting on it because we don't even know. Most people are just barely making it by. They're living on barely make it by street, much less believing that God has given us everything we need. See, we're still praying that God will do something. And God is saying, I've already done it. And we're wondering why he's silent because he's stunned. He said, I've already told you in my word what I've done. Now I'm asking you to act on what I've already given you. It's like you asking Jesus to come back down here and flip your switch. God is saying, I've already given you the power. And we like Christians are like dogs chasing their tails saying, I still need, oh God, I need, oh God, I need. And you just keep chasing. And God is saying the kingdom is within you. You already have everything you need. Can y'all stay with me a few more minutes? See, you know what? I don't, if you take a light bulb and put it in your mouth, it's not going to cut on. It's not. You know why? Because you're not the source. But if you, took, if you take that light bulb and put it into the source and then flip the switch, it's going to work. 
When you do it God's way, you're going to get God's results. Can I get a witness? The Lord has deposited his resurrection power inside every believer. He's already done his part. And now it is up to us to do our part. He wants us to take our authority and he wants us to stop begging. Okay, now y'all tie your wig down. Please do not misconstrue what I'm about to say. Here we go. We have preached a cross religion and we need to start preaching a throne religion. Okay, I knew it'd be quiet. Here's what I mean by that. Most of us have thought that we should stay at the cross. As believers, we should go by the way of the cross every day. We pick up our cross and we follow him. But when we talk about that, we're talking about dying to our flesh and dying to our sin. But here's what I want to show you. Neither Jesus nor his disciples stayed at the cross. Think about this. Neither Jesus nor his disciples stayed at the cross. What did they do? His disciples journeyed on to Pentecost where they received the power. Then Jesus ascended and now he's at the throne. Yes, as believers, we know, need to go by the way of the cross every day and every sinner needs to come by the way of the cross in order to receive salvation. But neither the disciples nor Jesus stayed at the cross. What I am saying is that we need to get the revelation that we go by the cross. We make sure that we're living the life God wants us, but then we ascend We allow the power of the Spirit to rest on us. And then we go out among the people and we release that authority and that power. Not that we are the source, but we go to the source. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? All right. I believe that it's at the cross where it all starts, but it shouldn't be where we stop. The cross is a place of death, whereas the resurrection is a place of life. Somebody talked about, somebody brought something to me the other day, said, Pastor, should we always be suffering? Somebody mentioned we should always be suffering. I said, listen, suffering is for a season, but... But the Bible says this, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God doesn't just want us living a lifestyle of suffering. There's seasons of suffering. There's seasons of loss. There's seasons of grief. But also there are reasons and seasons where we get up and we use the power. Jesus didn't just stay at the cross, ladies and gentlemen. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Does that make sense? See, now here's what the scripture says in Romans 6. We all died with Christ, but it also goes on to say that we have all been raised with Christ. Now, Ephesians 6, and here's where I'm going to start wrapping this up. Ephesians 2 and 6 tells us that right now, in the mind of God, we are seated with Christ. 
Okay, I've asked Brother Ronnie, Mark and Tell, if he'll come up. I want him to help me. And I'm asking Brother Carlton if he will help me. I'm asking Brother Roy Williams if he will help me. Okay. Brother Carlton, this robe is brand new. It's got fuzz all over it. But if you will, put it on, please. Y'all give me just a minute. All right. Brother Marcantel, I want you to sit here. And Brother Carlton, I need you. You're going to have to share this space. Sorry. Okay. Now, Brother Ronnie, I've already given him heads up. He's going to play God. Why? Yeah, because he's got white hair. And the Bible said in Revelation that the Christ has got hair like wool. So there you go. You're going to be the role of a believer. And this man is an officer of the law. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to just stay with the authority aspect of this because I could get off. But I'm going to stay with the authority. I'm going to ask you a few questions, Brother Williams. I want you to stand up a little closer. Here's some questions that I want to ask you, okay? If you see a robbery, and I'm not, I, I haven't prepped him on this. Whatever he says is what he says. If you see a robbery in place, you know it's going down. Do you have to call the office or the dispatcher to get authority and permission to make an arrest? No, do not. Okay? I'm going to ask you another question. If you see someone speeding, on your radar, they're going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. And you know that your radar is accurate. Do you have to call your office to get the authority to write a ticket? No, do not. Okay. Another question. If you feel that your life is in danger, you are literally being threatened and you feel your life is in danger... Do you have to call dispatch or your office or the chief in order to draw any weapon that you feel necessary to protect you? Yes or no? No. So you are telling me when you put this uniform on, you have the authority and the backing. If you need to do something, you got the authority and the backing and you don't have to call your dispatch. You don't have to beg them for authority. You can operate under this uniform on the authority of De Quincey and all of Calcasieu Paris. Is that yes or no? Yes. You're, you're getting where I'm going now. Okay. Are y'all still with me? I need a few more minutes. Now, conditionally here this morning, you may not have two nickels to rub together, but positionally where Christ sees you right now, is you are seated with Christ. You are already in a place of authority. Here's what Romans 13 and 16 says. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. You know what he has to do to operate in this authority? He's got to put this uniform on. 
when he puts this uniform on, he don't have to go around saying, I'm big, I'm bad, I got a gun. You know what? All of this speaks for itself. I don't have to go around saying who I am because I already know who I am. I don't have to worry. Do I have, do I got a phone into heaven to get the authority? No, I've already got the authority. Ye on the Lord Jesus. And when I put on the Lord Jesus, you know what I am? I'm righteous. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you. I'm righteous. Why? Because he has made me righteous. I put on Christ. I am holy. I'm not holy in my flesh. My flesh stinks. But I am holy because I have the holiness of Christ because he has made me holy. See, that's why you ought to wake up in the morning and put ye on the Lord Jesus. I am righteous because he said I'm righteous. I am holy because he said I'm holy. I am healed because he said I'm healed. I am blessed because he said I'm blessed. Y'all, all this business is a begging God to do something. He's looking at us like we've lost our mind. He is seeing us. We're seated with Christ. Stand up, please. We're already sanctified. We're already justified. We're already redeemed. We're already pardoned. This man, step back up here. This man has third-dimensional weapons. They only work with the third-dimensional fight. You can't take one of these weapons and blow the devil's brains out, because if you could, I'd already done it. But here's how you defeat Satan, with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm praying revelation happens. I start, I'm feeling it breaking in this room. See, he's got a belt right here and it's got all of his weapons, right? Most of them, at least this belt, right? That's girt about his waist. You got a belt. What does the Bible talk about? Oh, dear God, your loins are what? Girded up with truth. See, that's why behind every self-defeating act is a lie. That's why you got to take every lie the enemy speaks to you and take the truth. And say, devil, I'm not defeated. My Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ that strengthens me. I, I just don't know if I can make it. My Bible tells me. My Bible tells me differently. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Have a seat, please. See, you may not have two nickels to rub together. That's conditional. Positionally, as a believer, you have the inheritance of Christ. Because here, here's what uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says. You are one with him in spirit. What does that mean? It's talking about marriage. It's talking about that whatever I own, Janet owns. Why? Because we're one. We're married. Here's what that verse is meaning. That we are one. Whatever God has, we have. 
I'm going to say that again. Whatever God has, we have. Why? Because he's given it to us. Because we are one with Christ. Now, if you're going to try to take third dimensional weapons and defeat the devil, you're going to lose. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To what? The pulling down of strongholds. Now, this man here can take his handcuffs and handcuff somebody and put them in jail. But what we do with the devil is we handcuff him with the word and say, get your tail out of here, devil. You're trespassing on God's property. I am seated with Christ. I am healed. I am blessed. I am chosen. I am forgiven. I am more than a conqueror through Christ that strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I will be the lender and not the borrower. Somebody stand to your feet and let's give God some praise in this house come on somebody just remain standing you may not have a bulletproof vest but you got the breastplate of righteousness you may not have all of these weapons but you got the blood the name his word You can literally be victorious in every area of your life based off of what Christ has done for you. Okay? Now, let me ask you this. If somebody, there's been shootings in churches lately. I'm sure y'all read about those. If, I, I prayed, I'm not speaking this, but illustration. If somebody come in there with a shotgun right now, they walked into this room literally right now, would you be happy to have this man right here? Okay. I need y'all to stay with me. What if he, what if Brother Williams saw a man, literally, I pray to God it didn't happen, literally walked in here with the shotgun and said, well, I, I don't really know if I have what it takes. I don't really know if I, I don't, I, well, I'm not feeling too worthy today and I know I got something, but I'm probably missing. So, and he just stands here with all of these third dimensional weapons while a man's back there with a sawed off shotgun and he just stands there and looks, says, I don't feel too worthy and I don't really feel like I got everything I need. You know what you're going to do? You're going to say, come on, man, you got the authority and you got what it takes. Pull your weapon and take him out. Here's where Christians walking in the robe of his righteousness and everything we need. Walk with me. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. Who am I? I don't have the authority. My God, I, you know, I, I messed up yesterday, so I know God's ticked off at me, mad at me. You know what we want? We want this man to take everything he has to protect this community and to serve this community. I'm not going to ask you to give me an answer, okay? But there's probably very few times that you've actually had to use your gun. But you have it. It's available. You're trained. You literally have everything you need to take down a criminal. A criminal. 
Do you agree with that? But you know what you do? When you're feeling like you don't have enough, you call for backup. That's right. Where two or three agree. I know I got everything I need, but I just need you to agree with me. I need you to have my back. I need you to stand in agreement with me right now. You know what? Could you, let me ask you this question. I just thought about this. Could you get fired if you literally saw a robbery going on and you didn't do anything about it? Could you? Absolutely, yes. You could, seriously, you could get fired. If you saw a robbery taking place, you knew about it, and, and you could prevent it or, or at least help the situation, you would get fired if you didn't do anything. Why? That's right. Omission. Commission or omission of an act. So are you, you, you're, you're bound by law to protect and serve? That's right. Obligated. Bound by law to protect and serve. So if he didn't do anything, he could get fired. Listen, if you was in a jury, would they have enough evidence against you to convict you as a Christian? Or you just think, well, I don't really have anything. I'm not enough. And there's people, y'all listen to me. There's people literally starving, dying, needing somebody to come by and just give away what you got. And we want this man to do his job. And he could get fired if he didn't. I'm going to ask all of you sweet believers. Why aren't we doing ours? Hey, when you got, I, I need some time here. When you got a diploma, when you got the Holy Spirit, it wasn't a diploma for God to tell you, okay, you're good now. Just take it easy. The Holy Spirit was not a diploma. It was a birth certificate. Now take all of your weapons and take what I had deposited in you and go out and do it. Heal the sick, not beg me to do something. You heal the sick. You release your power. You walk in victory. Did y'all receive this word today? Hey, I'm almost done. Would you be seated again? When you're standing, it's a sign of, standing can be a sign of aggression. But seated is a different sign. I'm seated. See, Christ right now is seated. His work is finished. So when you're up there begging God to work, he's like, I'm sorry, I've already done my work. I deposited my power. See, here, here's the deal, y'all need a minute. Can he do anything right now about the Ukraine? And what's going on in the Ukraine? Can he do anything about right now what's going on in Ukraine? No, the answer is no. Why? Because he's here in the Quincy. He's not in Ukraine. He's limited in his flesh. He can't help what's going on in Ukraine. You know why Jesus said, is it expedient for me to go away? Because even though he was God in the flesh, he was still in the flesh and he was limited to time and space. He said, this is why I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to ascend to him. You're going to go and tarry in Jerusalem. I'm going to give you my spirit so I can have all of these Jesus juniors walking around in the earth doing what I did when I was on the earth. 
And this is why you ought to walk. See, see, you, you don't think you're important. You think I'm important, but you don't think you're important. But you, if you get this revelation, then you know what? You don't, you don't, you don't strive. You don't strive to get ready. You are ready. So that when I walk into the supermarket and the Holy Spirit says, hey, that person may need prayer. I'm ready. And I walk before a person and, and, the, and the Lord gives me a word. Guess what? I don't have to hold, hold on. I run to the prayer because I've already prayed. I'm ready. See, y'all just don't think you're important. You don't see yourself as having authority. These signs shall follow them that believe. And we're up here begging God to do something he's already done. And he's seated and he said, it's finished. Now he will manifest himself, but he ain't going back to the cross. It's a one and done. And the way God sees us is we're seated with him. And everything he has, we're heir to it. You don't have the power of his spirit. All you have to do is right where you're standing. Say, God, would you forgive me of my sins? And if you say that with an honest heart, God will forgive you of your sins right where you're standing. And then you can ask him, Father, would you fill me with the gift of the Holy Spirit and empower me to do the works that Christ did? If you're, a, if you're not a believer, that's all you have to do. If you are a believer, then what I'm asking you to do is to lift up your hands if you're a believer and ask God to give you revelation of what we've heard this morning. Would you? All over this house. Thank you. All over this house, would you open up your mouth? I just think you can do better than that, TPC. Come on, open up your mouth. I've had mine open for almost 50 minutes. Come on, open up yours now. Talk to God.
receive the word of the Lord today? How many of you received what you just heard from your pastor? I know several of you are leaving and we love you. We can't wait to see you this week. But if you're still here, I just want you to, if you feel like it, just reach over and put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder right now. Just real softly. Lord, don't let us walk out of this moment the same way we walked in. Let it saturate our spiritual understanding of who we are in you. Give us a revelation of the true understanding of the power and the authority that we have because your spirit lives on the inside of us and that you've already paid the price. And I pray for every person that's here, those that are still searching for answers, those that are still seeking after a miracle, Lord, that looking to you, God, to show up any day, Lord. I pray, God, that the miraculous power of what we hear today would explode in our life with understanding. Today is our day to see you as we've never seen you before, God. And I thank you, God, for the power of revelation, the power of understanding. And Lord, I just pray for release this week as we enter into this time of fasting and prayer. God, let there be a release into our spirit that we could see you and we could see ourselves in you like never before. Never before. Never before. That we're not going to walk away intimidated by the voice of a liar. We're going to walk in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, right now. We release that, God. We release that, Lord, right now. We thank you, God, for the work that you're doing. We receive your word. We receive your word. And we're not just going to be hearers. We're going to be doers. In Jesus' mighty name. For those of you that are still here, I do have something else I want to tell you. On this fast, okay? This is not an occult. This is not an occult. What do you mean by that? We don't make you do anything. Okay? You say, Pastor, I can't fast. Okay, if you can't fast, that's fine. All I'm asking, please hear me, is that you do what you can. Okay? If you can do, make one day, this, let's say that you're a brand new believer. You've never done this before. You can only make one day. Well, praise God. We're going to rejoice about the one day you made. Okay? Praise God. Now, yes, I do expect a little bit more out of Cherie because she needs it, first of all. Right? And second of all, because she is a mature believer. But I don't expect out of a baby what I expect out of an adult. So if you're a babe in Christ and this is your first one, God's not going to give you a demerit. He's not going to take your name out of the book of life. Do what you can. And then if you do one day and feel good enough to do the second, do the second. 
But if you feel like you're going to do something, even if you just give up coach, you're going to do something. I want to see your hand. You're going to, you're going to do your best to do something. Something. Okay? That's all I ask. And those of you that are mature, I expect more out of you than those that are babes. Okay? But I'm going to keep prophesying to you what's going to happen so you're ready for it. The wind of the Spirit is going to blow in this house. And when it blows, you need to know who you are. And you need to not get ready. you got to be ready. Because that's how the Spirit works. It's like a dove. Comes in and then it goes out. And you got to operate when it happens. Okay? I'm not fasting this week because I love to fast. I'm fasting because I love the results of prayer and fasting. So all I'm asking you to do is do what you can. Push yourself a little further than what you think you can do. And let's see what God's going to do when we humble ourselves through prayer and fasting. I'm going to pray over you. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you for the, the depth of your spirit that is in this house. Father, and I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl, every believer that calls TPC their church. I pray, God, that you would help us this week as we begin this fast. Help us to sacrifice our flesh so that we can be alive in the spirit. And Lord, we're not just doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for this church and this community and this region so that people can be set free through the transforming power of the Holy Ghost. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Be with us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Kaylee, please sing us out of here. You do such a great job. Thank all of you. Love all of you. Have a great week.
Nữ
Thank you. 